I was thinking about, as we were praising God today, and, and the worship was so wonderful, I thought about, you know, the, the song you're singing, we're chosen, and I am who he says I am. I mean, do we really know who we are? I mean, seriously, do we really know who we are? Because if we really understood who we are, that we are the loved children of a loved God, our DNA changed the minute we got born again. Amen? I mean, we became love. Now, when I say that, people have a real pre preconceived idea what love is. Even when we talk about the God kind of love, we're so limited in understanding the impact and the power that's behind that statement because that is the core of everything that's in us, about us, that He's done for us, and it goes on in infinitum. But I want to do something here because I want to get this atmosphere going. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this, It even came to pass in verse 13, As the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, and when they lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endures forever, that then the house was filled with the glory cloud, even the house of the Lord." so that the priest or the ministers could not stand to minister by reason of the glory cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. You know, this was, these were people that weren't even born again. These were people that didn't even have God living on the inside of them. Amen? The Hebrew literally says it like this. It even came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were one, unified, collected in one thoughts, all going the same way to make a loud crackling cry sound with sparkling and thundering voice and yelling to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of the music and praised, or they made a show, boasted, they were being foolishly and clamorously, ravenly celebrating the glory of the Lord, saying, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. That then, after what? They opened their hearts and just cut loose and worshipped God unashamedly. They let go of all those things that were hanging on them that day. Amen. They got rid of all their dignity. Sometimes I'm in churches, they're just too dignified. Yes, we're in church today. You know, no, no, no. Heaven's not going to be a quiet place. We might as well start here, amen, and prepare ourselves. And it goes on, says, for that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord, I love this, expired the limits with a wide application of His presence. Woo! Glory to God. So let's just start out. How many just want to take a few minutes? Let's just be foolish, clamorously excited, and worship the Lord right now. Glory! Father, we worship You. We magnify You, Lord. You are the wisdom of the ages, Father God. We celebrate your glory, your honor, your majesty. You are the mighty God. You are the mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy. 
Oh, we praise your holy name. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your Father. Glory to your Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise your Father. Praise your Father. Oh, you worship your Lord. Worship your Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. No, I'm telling you, I'm just saying, this principle here, praise the Lord, for the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. There's some days when I get up, oh, glory to God. There's days when I get up and I don't want to do nothing, but you know, when I start saying, Lord, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. Something begins to change. Amen? Y'all with me today? Just let's help me. Believe with me today, okay? Pull on the, pull on the gift of, pull on the Holy Spirit, pull on the gift of God. Amen? Just pull on it. Glory to God, because I can go, the Holy Ghost can go as far as you let Him. Amen? The more you want, the more you pull on it, the more you're going to get. I was telling Pastor, there's very few times, I, I usually, when I minister a message, I've studied it. Oral Roberts says, you don't know your message till you preached it 50 times. And the other night I woke up about 3 in the morning praying. I was thinking, Lord, what am I going to do at, at, at Faith Family Church? Woke up at 3 in the morning and I just started writing stuff out that I got. This is, this is fresh off the... Fresh off the press, I've never preached it ever in my life. So I need you to help me get through this, okay? Amen. I'm trusting the Spirit of God today with this. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Well, the Lord gave me a title for it, and I know they always want titles for stuff, but mine was Love, the Last Day Message of Empowerment. Love, the Last Day Message of Empowerment. Amen. And, you know, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest differences in our world today, in our society today, is not about, uh, 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 you know, gender or identity or government or economy, and they're making a big separation on that, trying to divide mankind. They're acting like that's the greatest issue around. But I'm telling you, the greatest issue is, are you born again or are you not born again? That's the issue. Are you in the kingdom of God or are you not in the kingdom of God? That is the whole question. That's what changes everything. And I, I remember when I got born again, and I was a freshman at the University of Nebraska, I gave my life to the Lord. Richie Peters, a good brother, friend of mine, was on the track team. He led me to the Lord. He was from Neptune, New Jersey. My dear brother passed away, went to heaven not too long ago. I cried for a week. I just, I miss him. I miss him tremendously. And if Rich, you're watching, this is all because of you, brother. He took the time to work on me. Amen. And I got saved at a crazy thing that he took me to. And all I remember is something changed on the inside. I couldn't explain it. It felt like a truck was, a, a, a semi-truck was lifted off my shoulders. I didn't know what happened. All I know is I felt good. On the inside, something fell off of me. Amen. 
But the sad thing was no one discipled me. No one told me about God. No one did anything. For the next seven years, I lived miserable because the things I did before I got saved that I danced around campus and was excited about and the sin I was committing that didn't bother me, all of a sudden now I'm doing it and I feel horrible and I'm going back to my fraternity room crying, going, why do I feel so horrible? Because last week I had a blast. I changed on the inside. Something changed. I didn't want to drink anymore. I didn't want to go to the big frat parties anymore. But I did, and I was miserable. One thing that did change, my mouth changed instantly. My mouth changed. I didn't cuss again. My mouth changed so fast because I was a new creature. I had a new nature. But that's the thing I'm saying is when the world... And an individual has the love of God shed abroad in their heart by the Holy Ghost. Something changes where they understand it or not. That's the change the world needs. So we want to talk about that a little bit. Amen? Amen. I was over there praying, and, 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 and the Bible says God is what? Love. God is love. Oh, that's cool, man. God's love. Woohoo! And that's about where it goes. And we think of love in so many different things. But God is love, not doesn't have love. His very essence is love. Everything about His power is because of love. His creativity is because of love. Everything exudes out of that core person, that spirit being we call God. God is love. Love is just not a feeling. It's not just a word. It is an empowerment. It is a creative force. The Bible says God is love and God is light. Amen. And that love, the very essence of who he is, was poured inside of you and me that made us love children of a love God and we're to operate the same way the love God does as love children. Amen. Until you understand what that love really is, you'll never operate completely the way you need to, nor will you see yourself as the song says. Do you really know who you are? And I was thinking about that, and this wasn't even part of what I was going to talk about today, but go to Genesis chapter 1. Never saw this before. Never saw this before. Why does the religious world and why does the world fight the idea of provision in the body of Christ? Think about it. Every time you hear someone on the media or some person who's been religiously brainwashed instead of New Testament taught or talking about ministers prospering or Christians having money, why is it such an attack against that? It used to be against healing, but thank God we've overcome that. But now it's this other thing. And look what it says here in Genesis. I'll read God by saying the word love. In the beginning, love created the heaven and the earth. Love creates. Love does things. Amen. And it goes down here and it says in verse 4, And God saw that the light... God said in verse 3, or love said, let there be light. The Bible said God is love, God is light. What does light bring? Revelation. 
You begin to see beyond the curtain of blindness and darkness that God has given you. When you're walking in the God kind of love, you see beyond the flesh. You have understanding. You have revelation. When I look at people, I don't look at the body they're in anymore. I want to look at their heart. I don't look at color. I don't look at ethnicity. I don't look at what country you come from. I could care less. I'm looking at a spirit being. I'm looking at a spirit man and a spirit woman. We've got to get all this other junk out of the way. Because all it does is cause confusion and blindness. And it pulls you away from the power of love. Love will drive you. Love will motivate you. Love will force you to do things you didn't want to do. It'll compel you. Amen. It will compel you. I've got to do this. Why? Because we don't live by law anymore. We live by the mandates that have been written on our heart by the Holy Ghost. You can't play church with this. This is life. Amen. It goes on. I was just reading this. God said, let, and love said, let there be a firmament in the heaven. And love said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together. And love said, let the earth bring forth grass and yielding fruit and herb. And love said, and love said, and love said, let there be lights. And love said, let there be waters. And I mean, what was God doing? Love was already doing provision before he put man in the garden. Glory to God. His love for his man began by providing, by creating, by taking care of. Glory to God. He's a good God. Amen. And then you go over to John chapter 1. We all can quote the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by the Word. And without the Word was nothing made that was made. And in the Word was life. And that life was the light of man. Amen. But look at, read it differently. Because we're going someplace with this. Amen. Only the Holy Ghost knows. Glory to God. In the beginning was love. In Jesus' love, in action. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Word was given to us. Why? God loved us. He wanted to help us. The love was manifested. God was manifested in the earth. I just want you to see it from a different perspective. I want to see it as a principle. Look at it more as a concept that we're kind of put aside. And we were talking the other day. When I talk about love today, the thing I want to say about it is I'm not building a whole doctrine around this. Okay, you know, sometimes we talk about faith, we get so enamored with faith, we forget about righteousness, we forget about love, we forget about ju uh, justification, we forget about holiness, we forget about because we want to major on it. It's like, you know, if I have a bad, if pastor had a bad a liver, we would take that liver out and examine it, or I would talk about the liver, such an important part of the body, but the whole body's not just the liver. The liver functions with the spleen. The spleen functions with this. They all function together. In fact, the Holy Spirit tells us the body of Christ functions like a human body. We all fit together. But when I'm talking about love, I'm not saying it's, it's you, you, taken away from anything else that we have learned, but I want to put a light on it so we can add it and blend it in with everything else and why it works. Do you understand what I'm saying? So here it says, and I just was reading this, in the beginning was love and the love and the Word or, and love was with God, and love was love. Love was God. 
The same in the beginning was love. All things were made by love, and without love was not anything made that was made. And in love was life. In love was life. In love was life. And the life was the light of men. And that light shined in the darkness, and darkness could not comprehend it. When you're walking in love, when you're manifesting the love of God in your life, because faith works by Amen. If you don't understand and walk in this, your faith isn't going to work at all. That is number one. If you're walking in unforgiveness, not walking in the God kind of love. Not, oh, I love you, I feel you. Not that. We're talking about something that overrides all of that. Amen. Amen. It's unconditional. It's, it's, that's all I've ever heard. The love of God is unconditional. Well, it is, but there's more to it than that. Amen. So he says here, love does what? Brings light, brings life. Does it not? Didn't the love of God create life? Didn't the love of God bring life and light into your life? He gave us the Holy Spirit so we could what? Be led to love. Be led in everything that he has to teach us, to guide us. You bet, counselor, our standby, everything that he is. And so when I was reading and studying this, I began to meditate on some things, and, and this scripture is what hit me. The Bible talks about Jesus said, when I come, will I find faith in the earth? And I was going, Lord, I don't know. And then he said later, he said, it depends on what's taking place in the earth. Took me to the other scripture. I forgot the exact verse of it. It's um, Matthew 24, 12. He said, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That word love there is the word agape, the God kind of love. In order for him to find faith in the earth, we're going to have to be walking in agape love. That's a statement. Iniquity had bound in the earth. The love, the God kind of love, was no longer working in the earth. And if it's not going to work in the earth, we're going to just keep delaying the process. Are you listening to me? When I come, will I find faith? Will I find love in the earth? Because faith worketh by love. Amen. So as I was going through this, I remember... Um, if faith is in the earth, that means agape's been, is the, see, the agape love, love is the foundation of everything that we have. Love is the foundation by which everything was created. Love is the foundation that gives us everything we have, everything we can do, everything we walk in can be, and, and demonstrate with the power of God, everything originated from love, Amen. And God is everything, and everything He is is love, and everything originates from that. Well, if that's the case, if the love of God's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, then everything's going to originate out of our love walk. Amen. Everything is going to originate out of that. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
everything we have. For God so what? A love, that's agapeo. For God so loved, that's the action of love, he sent his son. So out of who he really is, that part had to have action to it to manifest. Love dormant won't do anything. Love manifested is power. It changes things. Why? Because faith comes out of love. If I'm walking in love and I'm ministering to you in love, my faith is going to work powerful on this man. Amen. And we develop our love, we develop our faith walk by what? Intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. To know God. Now here's something, I was, it was over there in Matthew and it said, uh, we've done miracles, we've done signs, we've done wonders and all these things. And Jesus said, be gone from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Right. Now, word is Genesco. It's a big word, but I'm going to make it simple. I never had an intimate relationship with you. It's going to make it simple. Now, we both can talk about it in the Greek and take it to all the depths, but it is a deep, big word. It means they did not know. They did not have an intimate relationship. They didn't have any, they didn't know. Spiritually, in the depth of God's love, did not know. I do not know you. You've never been intimate with me. And this is the hardest part that we have found to get people involved with, is getting to know, getting intimate with God. Amen? Um, that word new, Genesco, is intimate, never means he not at any time, never at all, neither at any time or any moment, or at any time did I have intimate fellowship with you. Man, that's powerful. And I've noticed in my own life, the more time I spend in the Word, the more time I spend in His presence, the more time I begin to be God, God inside mind and realize he's not out here in the great by and by, but he's living on the inside of me, the more intimate my relationship is, the easier it is for me to believe him. The easier it is for me to trust him. Okay, this beautiful couple here. I've known David for a long time. But I guarantee you, he knows this woman a whole lot better now than he did when he first met her. And it's beautiful, isn't it? Why? He spent time with her. Amen. I guarantee if he was in a Nebraska football game and he went with a bunch of his buddies and she didn't tell him he was, she was going and he heard a laugh about 15,000 rows over, he would have gone, that's my wife. What's she doing here? Amen. Why? She knows his voice. He knows her voice. See, the... the we know the vo we're supposed to know the voice of the shepherd and a stranger we will not follow. There's many voices out there. There's none without significance. They all impact your life, but which voice are you going to listen to? How are you going to understand? People say, well, it's so hard to hear from God. No, it's not. No, it's not hard to hear from God. Brother, I've been, well, you're, I, if you're not in here and you're not praying and you're not spending time with him, yes, yeah, it's going to be a hard time to hear from God. Amen. Romans chapter 4, 17, it said, Abraham believed God. We talked to the men yesterday at Bible study. Abraham believed God. What does that mean? Abraham had a relationship with God, was, trusted God so much, that word in the Hebrew means like a baby has in the arms of his parents. Abraham depended on God 
like a child depends on everything, its sustenance, its life, its protection, its everything from that parent. Abraham had what we call childlike faith. Are you listening to me? Amen. So then in Genesis, that Hebrew word says, and Abraham believed in the Lord and it counted him for righteousness. That's the word aman, which simply means the same thing. It means an intimate relationship with God, a trust a child has in the arms of his parents. It, it, it helps me to see a picture of that because I have a little child. I know what it's like when I held my little daughter like this and man, it overwhelmed me that this little thing was totally dependent on everything right. I did. And I just went, I was like, oh God. <laughs> but God doesn't freak out. He says, bring it on. Amen. Bring it on. Amen. So he said, I want to know you. The patriarch Abraham called him Adonai Jehovah. Adonai Jehovah, my Lord, who is, who was, and who will be. He is ours. He was ours. He is ours. And he always will be there for us. Amen. Always. Never forsake us. Never leave us. His love was so powerful that Jesus endured the cross. What was the joy that was set before Jesus? What caused him to do that? It was his love. It was his agape for you and me. He saw beyond the cross. But it was him, the nature, his nature, love. It was his creative force. It was his strength. It was everything that God is. It was in him. The fullness of the Godhead bodily was in Christ Jesus. And Christ is in you, so what does that mean that's in you? The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in you. You are a loved child of a loved God. And we're to imitate Him. The Bible said, perfect love cast out fear and there is no torment with it. Amen? Perfect love cast out fear. What is perfect love? God. God's love is perfect. It's mature. It never changes. How do we do that? Go with me real quick, to, and i got a whole much more. John chapter, 1 John, while I'm on this, I might as well get to it. 1 John, glory to you, Father. Chapter 2, verse 5 says this, But whoso keepeth his word... In him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we know that we are in him. He said the love of God is perfected if you keep his word. So people have always said, how do I develop the love of God? How do I get myself to the place that I know I'm walking in the fullness of God's love? That I'm actually manifesting that in my life. That that actually is flowing out of me. It's changing things. It's helping me to live the way God wants me to live in the power that God wants me to live and not to be offended by every little thing that comes down the street. Right. Yes. Amen. Amen. Not to hold all on to grudges and bitterness and stuff. Well, go back with me real quick to 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. He said here in John chapter 2, verse 5, But whoever keepeth the word. 
You know, remember in John 14, talk about he that loves me will keep my word. He that loves me will keep my sayings. He that loves me will obey my laws. You know, the Lord spoke something to me many, many years ago when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. It's really cool in the King James. It said, you know, God said, God said, this is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. The Amplified says it differently. This is my beloved son and who I'm well pleased. Listen to, yield to, and obey him. Now, I know people think, obey, oh, I don't want to obey. No, there's great, there's beauty in, obe in obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice, right? And then the Lord spoke to me, he says, Rick, it's not that my children don't like to listen to me. They like to listen to the word. But the problem is they don't yield to and obey it. Tell them the power is in the yielding to and obeying. And when we yield to and obey the word of God and activate it in our life by faith, because we love God, we do it because we love God, not because it's easy, not because, or because it's too hard. We do it because we love God. And in doing that, as we obey the word of God, then love begins to rise, it begins to develop, we begin to operate in it at a higher level, it becomes easier to yield to under pressure. I call Christians tubes of toothpaste. Just put a little pressure on them, you're going to find out what's in them, bitter mint or spearmint. <laughs> Amen. I, you can know right away where a person is with God the minute they're under pressure. What comes out of their mouth, that's where they are. We don't judge, but we locate. Amen. Amen. Pastors are great locators. I know this pastor is. I've talked with him for a few days. He's a great locator. Amen. I think he's got a built-in GPS or something because he's got the wisdom of God and the anointing of God upon his life. But look what it says here. How do I perfect this love that's in me? One of the ways is you endure long. When things aren't going good, you choose to endure, and it causes that love to manifest to help you endure. Amen? Look at Love is, I read like this, I am patient. Love is patient. Agape is patient. So when I start getting like this and come, come on, come on, what's going on? I stop and go, wait a minute, I'm patient. I'm a love child of a love God. And so I begin to make myself act on that. And as I do, the love of God begins to manifest on the inside. And now patience becomes more of a common thing for me. You see what I'm saying? Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. Well, if I find myself getting jealous of somebody or envious of somebody, I have to go back and say, uh-uh, that's not who I am. Lord, I repent. I'm happy for them. I'm glad they're doing well. I'm glad they have a nice car like that. I'm happy for them. I'm going to rejoice with them. And I'll say it with my mouth. I'll speak it because we're speaking spirits. That's where the power is. We're speaking out of our hearts. And all of a sudden, guess what? I notice after time, I don't get envious anymore. I rejoice. But see, what that does, it moves the clutter out. It moves the clutter out, and your faith begins to operate better. Because without it, we don't please God. Do you see what I'm talking about? It's a very simple message, but it's a very powerful thing. It's changed my life. 
It goes over, it goes, love is not boastful, vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It's not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. Oh boy, pride. Conceited. Man, if I even feel myself going that direction. I remember one time I was with one of my good, my good buddy and I was talking about something and it's good to have good friends. And he said, man, you're so full of pride on that. I went, what? What are you talking about? He said, listen to you. And I wanted to slap him, but, I, but on the other side, I mean, I love him. He's my brother. He's honest with me. And I was with my other friend. I was talking. I said, did you hear that? And he says, well, he's right. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. And, and I began, he said, he said, Rick, it's not even so much that you're in it. It's the way you said it. And it gave the impression you were. And I had to think about that. And I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. And if I feel that coming on or I feel bragging about something, I've got to go back and say, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that way. I'm not inflated with pride. If I start seeing myself acting unbecomingly, maybe I'm tired. And we always use the excuse, well, I'm tired. No, that's I'm flesh. Oh, you know that in marriage, don't you? You're too loud. Seven o'clock in the morning. No, we don't act unbecomingly. Amen. Now, all of this is going to take you to a higher level to where you begin to see things happening in your life that you're believing for. It clears the clutter, and guess what? It's easier to hear. It's easier to hear on the inside. Amen? We go through this. God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It's not self-seeking. Oh, boy, is that flesh, flesh, and flesh. <laughs> Unrenewed mind. When we're, we resist that, being self-seeking, wanting my way all the time. Jesus was perfect on that. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane and his flesh, his soul kicked in, his human nature kicked in and said, Lord, if there's any, Father, is there any other way to do this? That was his human will. But he said, yet not my will. What did he do? He stepped over into the Word, which is God's will. And he overcame. It's the same thing with us. Amen. Wanting your own way. His, his flesh way didn't want it. Amen. But he did it for us. It takes no account of evil done. It pays no attention to suffered wrong. Oh, my Lord. Well, you just don't know what they did to me. I went through something a number of years ago, and it would have been very easy for me to point fingers at everybody and everything. Because people always don't treat you right. And judge you wrong. But you know what? Had I accounted a suffered wrong, I wouldn't be standing here today in front of you. Because that was a tipping point in my life. I had, I had a choice to make. This one here is huge. Don't be touchy or fretful, resentful. Take no account of a suffered wrong done to you. Pay no attention to it. When that starts to happen to you, you got a choice. 
I got a choice to step over here and go, you know what? I take authority over that. I will not receive that thought about that person. Because you know what? They're not even thinking about you anyway. When you hear, we were talking about something, about a situation last night, and it was just interesting because when people step, when people get into that bitterness or judgment and all that kind of thing, they're hurting themselves. They're not hurting the person they're holding the grudge against or the person they're judging. It's hurting themselves. What's it doing? It's causing turmoil. Well, now it's hard to hear God. It's hard to walk in faith. You're walking in unforgiveness. Your love's not working. No, we step over. We act on the words. So what God said, yield to and obey it. You don't have to feel like it. Doing what's right is not always easy, but you do what is right because it's the right thing to do. We've not, none of us are perfected that yet. Amen? Hallelujah. Goes on and you know the rest of it. I guess I got my point across. Pay no attention, suffered wrong. Don't rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoice when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything. I bear up under anything and everything that comes. I'm always ready to believe the best of every person. My hopes are fadeless. See, the Bible hope means a confident expectation that great things are going to happen to you. So no matter what's going on in my life, God's love in me tells me great things are ahead for you. I'm a provider. I created everything for you. Everything's already because love's a giver. For God so loved, agape. For God so loved, agape. For God so agaped the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, that agape in you will make you a giver. It'll put your things aside to be a blessing to others. Are you listening to me? Amen. Let's move on. Y'all with me? Oh, my Lord Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Amen. The love of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 14, the love of Christ does what? Constrains us. This is it. Every time as a born-again believer you decide to do out, walk outside love, God's love will rise up in you and want to constrain you from doing. Let's say you're looking at doing something that's wrong. Let's say you're tempted to go on the internet and look at something you shouldn't look at. The love of God will rise up in you and say, no, 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 no. And the Holy Ghost will say, listen to love. Love doesn't do that to your wife. Love, ain't gonna, love doesn't want to do that to your soul. It'll mess your mind up. I was looking at some medical things on that, and it releases the same endorphins as crack cocaine, Heroin and methamphetamines in your body. So it's not just a spiritual thing, it's a physiological thing and a physical thing. So my brother Hagen says, one of the hardest things to break out of, naturally speaking. But love will rise up in you. Are you getting ready to tell a lie about somebody? The love of God, which is God's word, the word is love, will say, don't lie. And if you yield to it, love constrains it. And what happens is, it's the last, you're yielding less, and you're yielding less, and you're yielding less, and everything is done by habit. You know, I, I, my major in college was in the medical arena, and I don't remember all the terms and everything, but anything you do over and over again begins to develop neural pathways in your brain to where it becomes more and more that way. As an athlete, I practiced over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, and as I did that, things became second nature. I didn't have to think about it. I guarantee you, Liberace or whoever that great piano player was, he started off doing chopsticks. 
but because he did it over and over and over and over, neural pathways, neural pathways, neural pathways, neural pathways, neural pathways, and he can sit there and do that and make, have a conversation with you. It's the same thing. It's not just spiritual that's happening. When we renew our mind, it's ta- changing our brain. It's changing habits. Amen. So as we yield to it and let the love of Christ, the agape of Christ constrain us, because once it's there, he wants to manifest always. Love wants to manifest in every situation. It wants to empower. It wants to change. It wants to create. It wants to motivate. God is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. So is love. In love, I can pray for someone on the other side of the world because God's told me to, wakes me up in the middle of the night, and I go, oh, I'm tired, I don't want to. Love says, do it. Amen. And I'm touching someone, on the, I'm, I'm present in that side of the world right now. Love is all-powerful because love never fails. And God is love, and God is all-knowing. Amen. It's a powerful force that lives within you. Amen? Love empowers faith, and faith demands us to respond to love's demands and actions in confidence. Faith commands us by the motive and foundation of love in us to do the works of Jesus. This love demands obedience and action without acceptance. And man, when I got a hold of that, it started doing things in me that I needed done. Because we live in a world that's um, fallen. And so it says in Galatians, faith worketh by love. One translation says faith is employed by love. Now think about that. Faith is employed by love. So, for instance, if I worked for Pastor Tony, say as a say senior executive associate pastor, I'm putting myself in a good position. <laughs> Pays more. But because I have that position, I have certain rights. I get keys to certain rooms. I get to come up here and teach. There are benefits that I get because I'm obeying what love has told me to do. Faith is employed by love. And as long as I do what love tells me, as long as I do what Pastor Tony shares with me, I have great benefits. I may have a Christmas bonus. I may get to teach once in a while. I get to do things. I may get to go sit in on a meeting for Pastor Tony because he's out of town. He wants me to be there. I have that maybe a person in the congregation doesn't get to do. You understand what I'm saying? Well, that's how faith is. Faith is employed by love. And as long as I walk in love, I get the benefits of what faith does. Does that make sense? Faith is employed by love. And as long as I'm walking in love, I get the benefits of it so my faith can activate. Does that make sense? So that makes me say, you know, I really need to know more about this love thing. I need to operate in love more. I need to walk. See, I'm not talking about gushy, ushy love. Listen, guys, I'm, I'm a guy. I mean, yeah. I have a friend that's just like, oh, I love you. I just go back. Oh, please. You're too gushy for me right now. And, I, and that's, that's okay, because he was a rank heathen before he got saved. 
I mean, this guy was a rank heathen. I mean, I remember in high school, every after every football game, we'd come out of the locker room. He wanted to fight the football players. He was just crazy. Long, big, he was just a, he was a wild man. But now he's like, oh, I love you. Let me see your eyes. Oh, yeah. Are you sure you're not something like this? I'm just like, no, that's not politically correct. I love everybody. Amen. So don't worry. God loves everybody. I'm not making fun of that. But the point was, it just, it was such a drastic change. And I'm happy for him. Maybe because he was so drastic one way, God kind of made him drastic the other way. I don't know. It happens. But faith is employed by love. Love empowers our faith. How many want to please God? Without faith, it's possible. Faith is the victory that overcometh the world. But if we're going to come overcome the world, we've got to walk in agape, not feelings, not human love. Amen. Agape is power, unlimited potential. Amen? Amen. Now, when we walk in this, love is obedience, is power. When we walk in this, Matthew 14, 14 said this, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. The word compassion means to have the bowels that yearn. It originates from the core of agape, from the core of agape. All life comes from the core. All life comes from the innermost being, the core of a tree, the core of a melon, the core, whatever it is, the heart of an individual, the hidden man of the heart. And it flows and it produces the issues of life, Proverbs 4.23. Amen? So compassion is the driving force of manifested love, that agape that requires action, that changes things and is creative and disrupting to anything that is darkness or anything that brings dominance over your life. Don't ask me to say that again. Get the CD. Amen. Math, Mark 1.14. Now listen, when Jesus... When I've ministered under the compassion of the Lord, and when it, when it hits, you know it. it. It is unbelievable. I've never seen someone not get healed. As long as they receive it. Now, I've been in places where people just went up, and, you know, whatever, you know, and they get it. Because God's moving in a very supernatural way. That's just the mercy and love of God. But every time Jesus stepped into compassion, the scripture, why would the scripture mention compassion? It could have said, Jesus, you know, went forth and laid hands on them, touched them, and they were healed. There's a reason for it. And I just took out some scriptures. Mark 141. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. A man got clean of what? Leprosy. Because he operated in compassion. Jesus, Mark 8, 2, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. Compassion produced. Love, that's that's like agapeo. Compassion moved. Love manifested. 
and it brought forth supernatural compassion because agape is a supernatural force and Jesus being led by the Spirit, yielding to the Spirit, that force manifested in him. And guess what? We had the loaves and fishes that were multiplied. Compassion. I love when I'm around people and I'm talking about things that I, I, I look for and listen to for compassion. Amen. Biblical compassion. Some of the stuff we call compassion isn't compassion. Amen. Luke 10, 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. That's the manifestation of love. What did, what did the Samaritan do? He took care of the situation. You know, one of the things I, I, I've said a lot, and God really got on me about it and said, you need to get back to it, is every, every day I wake up, I said, Lord, make me a blessing today. Show me someone I can be a blessing to. Help me to be a blessing to somebody. Right. And you know, when you do that and mean that, you're going to have opportunities every day to be a blessing. Right. Whether you're praying for someone, blessing someone, helping someone, hugging someone. Right. I don't know, whatever it may be. But what you're doing is that compassion on the inside of you wants to, love wants to give. The God kind of love doesn't want to be selfish or self-centered it ha because there's power behind it when we act on it. God so loved, if he really loved agape, what did agape do? He sent his son. God loved, he created a world. Jesus loved, it did something. It was strong enough to drive him to the other side of the cross. No, there was faith involved, but faith works by? Now, if we were talking about faith, it would be a whole other thing we'd be teaching. But this is about the love issue right now. Amen? Amen? We saw the same thing, Luke 15, 20. And he rose and came to his father, but when he was yet great way off, his father saw him and what had compassion. What did compassion do? What did love do? Ran towards him and fell on his neck. You know, sometimes, and I pastored, as an associate pastor twice, senior pastor once, and, the, and, I, and overseas, I can't even begin to tell you how bad it is in some of the churches over there. They, it's bad. Because they've been taught wrong for so many years. When someone sins, they bring him before the church and tell everybody what they did. It's the truth. They think that's what you're supposed to do. Kick them out of the church. Compassion doesn't do that. Jesus came to restore. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation and the word of reconciliation. To reconcile people back to God. How is driving someone out of the church and embarrassing them, reconciling them back to God? Sometimes these people say, that's God's like, I don't have anything to do with it. And you've lost them. I remember a story a friend told me. He um, was a very, his, uh, his father-in-law was a very good man of God. I mean, he went to church. Every time the church door opened, he flew in. He was like a homing pigeon. Church door, he flew in. When it closed, he flew out. He was in church. But one Sunday, he decided, man, I haven't done anything with my family for quite some time. So he was, a, he was just a volunteer in the church, wonderful volunteer. Precious volunteers, thank God for them. We can't, they deserve all the accolades and the honor. 
to get. Anybody that helps anybody in ministry does. They're precious. But he, had, he was backing out of his pickup and all these fishing poles and stuff in the back of his pickup. And the pastor walked out and go, where are you going? He goes, well, I'm taking off with the family. I'm going to go fishing. He goes, you going to be here tonight? He says, no, I'm going to take a day with my, my family. He says, so you want to go to hell, huh? The guy turned around, never went back to church again another day in his life. And you know what? When his daughter got married, she had to get married at a country club because he wouldn't go to a church. That one statement. Now, you know, he shouldn't have been offended like that. But you don't know where people are. That's, stu that's stupidity. It's not compassion. That's not love. This guy's sown years and years of his life into that church. And he decides to take a day off. And the God pastor tells him because he's missing church, he's going to go to hell. Pastors taught wonderful on grace. In fact, when I travel now, I do a lot on grace and righteousness, but I know he's taught so much. And I said, Lord, I need, something. I need something that I can help him with. So that's when he woke me up at 3 in the morning to help him out with this. Listen, it was the love of God in Jesus that moved him to see the joy that was set before him. Amen. This love opens our heart to hear from God and to walk in obedience and live a holy life. Amen? This activation and foundation of love manifested outward from the heart is what compelled Jesus and Paul and Peter to do the exploits they did. God's love in us is the connection factor. It's the mode of operation by which grace, righteousness, faith, gifts of the Spirit, our inward leadings, hearing from Him to manifest by in our life and to live in the authority we have as believers we need to walk in to be victorious. It's the foundation of the atmosphere that is created in us and around us. Amen. Love will compel us to speak out of the abundance of our hearts. It will cause you to walk in the impossible. It is the same love, God's love in you, that compelled God to send His Son to do what, in human wisdom, to be impossible to turn what the curse had done to mankind and deliver us and enable us to walk in the blessing. But it was a heavy price to pay, but love drove God to do it. Amen? As we allow the love of God in us to reign in our lives, it develops sensitivity to the leadings of the Holy Spirit and His empowerments of power. Why? Because the clutter is being removed. The clutter is being removed. We become more sensitive. We don't get aggravated as much. We don't take things personal. We forgive. We're not concerned about what everybody's doing in the church. It's wrong. We focus this way. Amen. And if that someone's doing something, Lord, how can I be a blessing? Not go tell the person, you heard what John did yesterday. Are you believe that? And I shouldn't be telling you this, but, well, then don't. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the love of Christ constraining you. I shouldn't be telling you something. Override God. I am going to tell you. Amen? Why would you want to destroy a person's character? That's the thing I, I don't understand. Love demands us to take control of our life and situations. Why? Why does love demand us to do that? Love wants the best for you. Amen? It wants us to take dominion in our life. It wants you to succeed because you need that to use your faith to succeed. Amen? You see, men's wisdom is not founded in the love of God. 
is founded in the wisdom of men, and that's foolishness to God. The world doesn't understand what I'm talking about right now. And I don't, I don't say that braggishly or proudly. I, I say it with a broken heart. Because they don't, they're, they're miserable. I sat next to a girl on the plane come over here, and all she would, she tried to talk to me, and it was all negative about how horrible everything was in her life. And I just said, honey, you know, I, I just, I couldn't deal with it. I usually talk with people and will share it with them. So I just left it alone for a while because she was, you could, I don't even know if she was even, might have been high on something, I don't know. So I just sat there, because I'm meditating, I'm really thinking about this service. And all of a sudden, she breaks out these cards, and they're, they're called, they were like, not tarot cards, but they were some mysterious cards, and she's hovering over them and blowing on them. So I finally ripped out my Bible and said, okay, here we go, <laughs> you know? You, you ain't sitting next, to, you're not doing that next to me on a plane. Amen. I said, Lord, what do you want me to say? Because I'm, I'm, ha- I'm, ha- I'm not having this. Paul said, my preach and my speaching was not with enticing words of misery, but in demonstration of what? The Spirit of God in power, that men's faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, Jesus is the wisdom of God and the power of God. Love is your wisdom, love is your power, because if you're walking in love, you will seek Him. You'll want to know Him. You'll want to Genesco Him. Amen. This, this thing is growing and growing on the inside of me. Two years from now, it's going to be a 10-tape series. I know it because God dealt with me 15 years ago about this, and nothing, I just, it was there, it was there, it was there. It's going to be about the 50th time. I'll come back after the 50th time, and it'll be a whole lot better, a whole lot deeper, a whole lot richer. Amen. We have in the spirit of faith... We have in the spirit of love, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. We also believe. We also faith. We also what? Love God, therefore we believe God. Amen. The more that we walk in love, the more that we are going to enjoy the fruits of everything. The Bible talks about in Galatians, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, temperance, faithfulness and so on and so on forth against such there is no law when you walk in love there is no law of natural or spiritual the negative spiritual that can come against you you don't need a law because you're walking in the law of love love i look at it this way love produces joy out of love comes joy comes goodness comes peace comes meekness well righteousness brings peace when you walk in love and begin to understand the love of God, and this is the thing Pastor Tony was talking about earlier today, I thought, well, just go ahead and preach. I'm loving what he's saying. But when we really understand God and how much he loves us, why would we not begin to want to take that same love that he, his love in us? You know, isn't it great that God didn't ask us to love in our own ability? Oh, my goodness. Isn't it glad God told us not to use our own natural joy? Our own natural, these are all supernatural forces that come out of love. It's a power, it's a force. It's creative. And it's not based on feeling. Amen? How many say this love is not based on feeling? It's based on who lives in me. Amen. Glory to God. 
It's not a feeling, but a supernatural force. It's a connection. It's an intimacy we have with our Creator that springs forth from within us to others and enables us to connect on a higher level with the Father and to demonstrate everything Jesus commanded us to do and with the right attitude and motive. One of the things I always say to the Lord before I minister is, Lord, let your thoughts be my thoughts. Let your words be my, your, my words. Let your motives be my motives. Amen. I don't want me in anything anymore. I want people to see Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because when they see Jesus, things begin to happen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen.